Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. That's so funny. The other day, um, a guy comes up to me and... Say I, hello first. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. <laughs> anyway, a guy comes up to me the other day and he goes, uh, I was at church or somebody and he's listening to the podcast and he's just, he calls me Mac Daddy. And I was like, yeah, I like that. He goes, that's funny. I said, yeah, because you always call me Mac Daddy. Well, my wife started it and then you did it. But I was... It stuck. Was, I yeah, like, it stuck. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I don't know. I like it. I mean, it's a fun name, you know, but I like it. I just, I go by it. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Well, you're like, you know, I'm like a, a big guy and it kind of Hollywood movie star yeah. kind of theme. I got my hair. SoCal. You do have your hair. I got my little hair's looking sharp today. Yeah, it right. is on point. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. I, went, I looked in the hey, mirror. Wait, sure. you got some more grays though. It What's happens. causing the grays? Oh, it's, it could be my, my kids. <laughs> 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 You're not even the big five zero yet, are you? No, nope, no, yeah, forty eight. I thought yeah. you had some time to go. Yeah. Somebody was asking uh, me the other day how old you were, yeah. and I told him forty eight. So yeah. I guessed right. Yeah. Now a lot of people think that I'm older than I am. Why is that? My wisdom is that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. It's it's my wisdom. I don't know. Maybe because I look at I have wrinkles all over. That's why I keep my hair short. Because the longer it gets, the more the grays show up. I think for me, the reason why I try to keep it short and my beard short is because I have a huge round head. <laughs> and if I, if I had huge hair and a huge beard, I'd be just a rolling bowling ball. I don't know. It, it looks sharp. It would be big. Looking sharp. Yeah. Nobody would know. But if but I keep the beard because it elongates my roundness oh, on my okay. face. So, so there's some there's a like method to your madness. Oh, yeah. There's a reason behind it. Yeah, because when I shave my beard, it's really round. But with my beard, a little bit of the beard just gives me a little bit of elongate to my face. You know what you could do? But paint your face orange. I would do that. And we look like a pumpkin. You just go to go to a tanning salon and use that stuff. And then it makes you orange. Isn't that what Donald Trump the, does? I was just going to say, I was yeah. going to say the name, but I was going to say, yeah. yeah, orange man, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's what he does, right? <laughs> I, it's got to be. It just got to be. It's got to be why yeah. it's orange. Yeah. I don't know why he would do that. And be why did you bring up figure. Trump? I don't know. It just popped in my head. <laughs> we are when you talk three about weeks Orange away Man, from election day, but a newsflash. Yeah. He's not on the ballot anywhere. No. Well, he is though. <laughs> he's not. Well, but whatever he <laughs> says, people listen to. So he's like promoting this person or this person, but he hasn't supported uh, our governor and DeSantis, has he? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think know. they talk. Does he need, does, does DeSantis need any endorsements? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's going to win in a landslide. He's one of, um, out of all the governors that I've been under, so I've lived in California, uh, Utah, yeah. and now Florida. I think he's probably one of the best governors I've ever been under. Now, getting outside of the politics side of things, I just, I think the way that he handles Yeah, business, forget the politics side. Yeah. He's very smart. Yeah. He doesn't fall into traps that yeah. a lot of people do. He doesn't, doesn't seem to stumble over his words. And he doesn't do a lot of the, the political ranting kind of things. No. He doesn't like say, hey, that's, you know, I don't know. He doesn't do that too much. You know what I like? And again, you know, right or left aside, even his political ads, they're not attack ads. Yeah, they, they just share what he's done. Some of and, them have been you know, phenomenal. Very, very yeah. good. I wish everybody, you know, I can't say the same for the Senate race. The Senate race, both both sides are attacking each other. Yeah. But the governor race, I have not seen a single attack ad from DeSantis, which I, to me, I love that. And just, the other side has attacks. So yeah, I've well, seen that. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, I don't, I mean, I agree in politics. I think we need both sides of the aisle. I think we need different takes on things. It's like one side sees it heads, the other side sees it coin. I mean, tails, coin of the coin, <laughs> sees it tails. But I mean, I, I really believe working together. I think that's what our founding fathers thought of. And if we work together and we figure out what's best for the people, by the people, for the people, then we can then move forward. But unfortunately, that's not our politics. And so if you're listening to this and you're big in politics, you need to pray, pray for revival within our country, pray for revival within the politics that we get back to fearing God first and that we, um, we can actually work together, listen to each other. I don't know. This is a miracle. That's there. There's no, there's no hope here outside of God. Amen. Yeah. So I don't know. Why do we get on politics? Funny. I don't know. But I, I had lunch yeah. with uh, a colleague yesterday um, and we, we somehow got into politics, too. And we were talking about just uh, and, and we're both kind of we probably both vote the same way in most circumstances. But we were talking about it's probably gridlock in, in D.C. is probably a good thing because it slows down the machine. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of positive, you know, where one rule one government rule can be can be bad. So yeah. Anyway, it's a it, if you're listening to us from America, we have election days coming up, and it's you know big midterm, so it is a big deal. I guess it's probably something we should talk about once in a while. But. Yeah, and I think we're gonna have a show. We're gonna have two shows coming up. I think one is gonna be on the. It's gonna be about Halloween. We're gonna talk about all that a little yeah. bit because that's a big thing here in America, and I think it's different places. I'm of dealing the world with too. that a lot right now because I have an 11 year old daughter who wants to do all these things, and I'm just like trying to tame it down. And it's funny because she comes to me and she's like, "Dad, I know you." don't want me to do this yeah. but you know and i'm just like i so i need to be strong and know why yeah instead of just saying no 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 yeah. i you need to know why i'm saying no yeah so. so we'll talk about that and that'll be a good discussion i think we'll have barry on that show that i'll be cool and awesome. then we're also going to talk about i think the fairs of the world i think that's we're going to do that one before um in a couple of weeks we're going to do that one before the election and just kind of talk what's going on yeah, with ukraine with russia with the world governments and, it's a mad 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 world yeah. right now yeah, and so i'm really looking forward to um that'll be to, fun. that's gonna be a i don't know if we're gonna we're gonna can i have an outline i don't think too much for that one i think that's just gonna be a free form i think we're gonna just kind of just pull up the newspaper if that's even around anymore and just start going through what's happening in the world and then just how we as Christians are dealing with it, how we're supposed to deal with it. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's good stuff. Yeah. Kind of like we're free, 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 uh, free forming. I yeah, guess yeah, kind that's of like it. we do our intros, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, you suddenly you, you mentioned the newspaper. I heard a wise man once say that uh, when you read the newspaper, you should have the newspaper in one hand and the Bible. In that's the other. It. Everything should be filtered through the, the lens of the well, Bible. Take, everything. Take that to what we watch on TV. Yeah. The movies we yes. watch, everything. the music we listen to. I mean, it's, I don't, uh, we don't want to in, put in our heads things that are going to tear us away from being in the presence of God. And so the movies or TVs, everything, it can start getting us to believe in ideology. It can get us to believe things that are uh, opposite of truth. And so that's the reason why we're doing right, Righteous Invasion of Truth. That's the reason why we do Riot. The Riot podcast. Is because we want to talk about some of these harder things that are happening or how we're supposed to deal with it and to bring truth to it. So <clears throat> just like we did with DeSantis just now. We with the governor for DeSantis. We're not trying to say, hey, pick him over the other guy. 
we're, we're basically doing our best to share what we see is from a biblical perspective, if what is the very best. Yep. And, and when we talked about not bashing on another candidate or candidate, we would feel that God would want us to do that. We would, he would want us not to go bashing on people to make ourselves look better because we all fall short of the glory of God. What we were bringing up is that DeSantis was choosing a, now he might have an ad out there that he's bashing. We haven't seen yeah, I just it. Said, I don't know. That's right. Um, but what we have seen is we would feel that that would be the best. And so we commented that if the other side or do both sides did it the same thing, we would comment on that. I have no problem with uh, um, the Democratic view, the Republican view or the independent view or whatever. I have no problem for each one or having a discussion about it. What I have a problem of is not working with the other people. Yeah. I have a problem without humbling yourself and trying to work through the equation to see what is the very best thing for the people. In fact, I would love to have both of them on the podcast at the same time. That would be like a dream show. And 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 it would and for us, we would have no problem agreeing with both sides. We would not I would see benefit or positive in both sides if both sides were willing to humble themselves and to work together. Truth is truth. That's it. And, and we're just not seeing that on both sides. I mean, we're not, we, we're not going to say, Hey, we're going to take a side and say one's better than the other. The truth of the matter is at this moment in time, both sides are just seems to be just as bad. And in some, some sides are choosing maybe to do more right in certain things. Um, but the truth of the matter is there's corruption in politics like no other. Yeah. I, it's, it's sad. It disgusts me. Sometimes you hear people say, well, God's on our side. It's like, no, I'm looking for who's on God's side. That's, that's what matters. It's not, it's God's not picking sides. He's got his own kingdom. He doesn't care about your kingdom. This is, this is so funny. We didn't even, we're already of, getting hands up that we're taking too long. Yeah, we, didn't even, we didn't even think about talking this wasn't politics. Even, this wasn't even in the, in the script, but I love that. We just let the spirit lead us and, uh, and maybe somebody out there needed to hear that. So we talked about it, but I'm really looking forward to this show. I mean, this is, um, you know, last week we got back, we, we took like a month off from talking in the book of John. Yeah. And so last week we got back into it in John 12, which yes. is what one through, I don't know, 12 or something like that. But today we're, uh, no, the 20, 19, 19, 19, I think one through 19. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about, uh, John 12, what 12 through 36, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. This is an awesome show. It's the last of Jesus's ministry. Um, kind of the last words before he goes away, before it's, so it's the end of the Jesus World Tour. Yeah, it's kind of. And uh, now now kind of the reason he's here. Yeah. And so this is going to be a good show. All right, let's Wait, pray and get let's working it. on it. All right. Sounds good. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to dive into your word today. We thank you that... Uh, Man, we just thank you for all these listeners. I ask that you would just bless them and, and just, man, just speak to them in a new and fresh way today, Lord. Uh, as we were talking, <laughs> uh, it's funny how politics came up, Lord. We, that wasn't even in our plan, Lord. But I, I just ask that uh, you would, uh, that our leaders would seek you first, yeah, Lord. Uh, we don't, I don't care if there's an R or D next to their name, Lord. That uh, I just pray that they would seek you and uh, seek to, to to build up your kingdom, not their own. So, Father, we ask that uh, man, you just bless the show in a mighty way today as we we dive into uh, the end of Jesus's ministry as, as John records it and um, his triumphal <laughs> entry into Jerusalem. Lord, uh, man, would you just just bless us and teach us something new today? We love you, Father. Cannot wait to see what you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I just so I the title for this week, I think we're going to go with is the greatest investment 
we can ever make. I think something like that. So the greatest investment in our life that we can ever make or greatest investment in your life, I don't know. But if you, once we get in the context of this, you'll see what I'm saying. I mean, there's, there's certain things in our, certain times in our life that we have to make a decision. It's like, we can either, we can either continue our life according to what we feel is the very best way, or we can continue our life according to what God thinks is the very best way. And so we're going to talk about that and in, that investment and what it can do. Yeah. All right. So let's go. All right. So last week, episode 101, we unpacked John 12, 1 through 19, which Pete has already shared with us. And we called that show Worship, Triumph, and Tears. Mm. And if you didn't listen to that show yet or watch that show, I can encourage you to, yeah, to really go good. back in. Actually, you know what? Stop this show. Yeah. Go back and listen to that yeah, show because first it because it leads into this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So do that. Yeah. Uh, in verses one through eight, we saw Jesus visiting with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The highlight of those verses was when Mary anointed Jesus with the costly perfume as an act of worship. Mm. The place must have smelled amazing. I can imagine. Right? Yeah. And then in verse 12, we went to the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, where the people cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We cross-reference a verse in uh, that we learned in Luke that where Jesus was weeping for his people during yeah. this time. Yeah. John didn't bring that up, but in other, other parts of the gospel, it brought that up. That's so, really cool. Yeah. I mean, Pete, we were, we were talking this morning in pro in pro in uh, show prep. Yeah. Why do I get that backwards in show prep? Uh, just the kind of the different, the kind of tying all four gospels yeah. together and kind of getting bits and pieces. Yeah. I mean, you get the, you just get the bigger picture. Oh, yeah. right? So that's oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and, and we had talked about how John, is just kind of really focusing on a different audience. And we'll get into that in a little bit. He loved them, Jesus loved them so much. And yet they were still going to reject him, so he, the people in Jerusalem. So that's kind of how we ended up. So yeah. last week, and it's, we're going to carry that theme again in this week's talk. We're going to talk about the rejection of him. All Perfect. Right. So this week, yeah, we're going to go back into John and we're going to read verses 20 through 36. John 12 but, verses 30, But we're going to, we'll break it into two pieces. So we yeah. don't give you too big of a chunk at once. And we will see Jesus talking about his certain death to come. We will uncover some nugget verses like verse 25. He who loves his life will lose it. That just doesn't make any sense, Pete. Right. That sounds backwards. Right. And he who loves his life in the he, world will keep it life. for eternal life. Hates his life. Sorry. Yeah. What did I say? Love? Yeah. I got love on the brain. Yeah. Many people are greatly concerned about success, but understand so little of its true nature. We want bigger, better, longer lasting, but many times end up with what is smaller, worse, and short lived. <laughs> I could testify to that. Can you? Yeah. You try and try and try and, and then it doesn't work out. And like, ah, then you Man, have to settle Lord, for your way was better. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How about who knew? Yep. It is much like running around doing everything you can to catch a dream. And this it just resonates so well. You yeah. grab your piece of the dream, and once you grab it and hold on to that dream, but life happens and it crumbles into small pieces or dust into your hands. Yeah. Like sand, it runs through your fingers to the ground. Mm. The circle, circle of life picture. is hard, and you wonder, is <clears throat> this? Is there more to this life? You hear this all the time, Pete. You're yeah. like, especially sports. We love talking about yeah. sports. So we didn't even talk about college football this week, which is probably a good reason for that. But <laughs> you, you you hear it all the time with athletes. They get to the pinnacle, they win the Super Bowl, and it's like it's that unfulfilling. Was, yeah. It's not what they expected, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just like onto the next season. The the yeah. rush is the journey. Yeah, you know, you get to the you get to the goal, and boom, it just kind yeah. of it just yeah. Falls, so it falls so it's flat. like so. What we're saying is the investment is with Jesus. 
it's the high that never goes down. Yes. It's, it's the purpose never changes. The life is always the same, but it's always meaningful. It's always impactful. That's kind of where we're going to go with that. But yeah. All right. Good. Today, we're going to unpack Jesus' Jesus's teaching, uh, Jesus teaching the people about how to invest their life properly. We will teach us, he will teach us how to make the greatest investment in our life and why trusting him with our dreams will always end better than trust than ending up. Yeah. And crumbling in the end. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Thank it's, you. it's, you did really good with the, the, the sports. So, I mean, that's kind of how we live our life. So we're, we're trying to get that pay raise. We're trying to get that next promotion. Yeah. We're trying to go on that next vacation or whatever it is that we're saving or whatever it is we're trying to do. And then once we accomplish it, there's like, okay, then we have to start all over. And it's just, it's just this rat race where God intended our life to be so much more than that. There was, it's, it, those are the byproduct. That's not the, that's not the reason why we live. And so um, we're going to kind of talk about that Good. a little bit. Yeah. All right. All right let's, let's jump in. John 12, for those who are, are reading along with us, verse 20 through 26. 20. Yeah. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and said and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Jesus went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Heard that before. <laughs> and Jesus answered them, The hour has come. Ooh, that's different because he's always said the hour has not come. Ooh. Jesus answered them and said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Wow. Man, that last part is kind of powerful. So let's give this, let's give a little bit of context. So when we cross-reference this kind of time of what's happening here in the book of John, we cross-reference it with Mark 11. Um, what we see is that right after the triumphal entry, which is what we talked about in our last week's show, when Jesus was coming in and, and people were crying out, that he went directly to the temple. And in, in last week's show, we, we, we talked about at the end of the triumphal entry, we didn't get into the temple part because John doesn't bring it up. And so what we need to know is that before he starts talking here to these Greeks, um, he's already been at the temple. He's already cleansed the temple. Uh, remember um, in Mark 11, Jesus quoted Isaiah 56, 7. He said, is it not written, my house should be called of nations, the, the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. I mean, that famous line, yeah. right? So that was the second time. And so Jesus was dealing directly with the Jewish people at that time. So he was uh, John is, is wait, the, what he's bringing into light is, is he's more referencing the world. He's referencing, you know, that Jesus came to save the world, to save everybody. That's why the Greeks are brought here. Nowhere else is it bringing in the Greeks, but it's here. He's bringing in the Greeks are coming in and, and learning and listening to Jesus. But in the other gospels, they're focusing in on the Israelites and in the temple. And, and that's kind of that. So that's kind of the setting here. Um, I, I, I talked about one of the John's major themes is that Jesus is the savior of the world and not simply this, the redeemer of Israel. So it, you kind of see that in, in his writing in this, 
Um, John, again, is focusing on the Gentiles and more, more so. Um, we do believe that maybe the people experience this display of displeasure. Maybe they saw that. So, hey, who is this guy? Why is he getting all crazy like that? Because um, it's probably all around the temple time. That area is when he's doing this and talking. Um, but that's kind of my thought. I don't know. What's your thought? I, I, I think it's good to give this context of what's yeah, going I, on here. I think it's it's yeah. noteworthy that John is very deliberate to 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 mention. You know, he's not just telling the story. He's mentioning the audience. Yeah. Very deliberate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that. And I think if you that's why it's so important for us to read the Bible in context. Um, that's why we read chapter by chapter, verse by verse. That's why we go through the whole Bible so that we can we when we're talking about it, we can understand it in context. And so in context, we're given context of what's happening here. And now as we get into it, we can kind of set the stage and we can understand yep. what we're talking about. All right, let's go. All right. The original text indicates that these Greeks were accustomed <laughs> to common worship at the feast. They were not curious visitors or one-time investigators. No doubt they were God-fearers, Gentiles who attended the Jewish synagogue and sought the truth. But who had not yet become followers of Jesus. These men kept asking Philip for the privilege of an interview with Jesus. Philip finally told Andrew, who was often uh, bringing people to Jesus. Yeah, remember we saw that at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, that's that we yeah. talked about that. Come and see. Right. It's that? Like, yeah. yeah, it's like chapter one all over yeah. again, right? Yeah. And Andrew gave the request to Jesus. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was just he was in charge of Jesus' schedule or something. You know, yeah. Yeah. to make sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's people that have this ability to bring people to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's a natural thing. Andrew was one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, he was. That was kind of his call. Some of us, it's a little bit di more difficult um, to us. Like, we, you know, we say it's not our gift. No, that's not. That's the, that's an escape goat. You know, you can't use that because God calls us to all bring people well, to Jesus. Kind of a difference between it's not my gift or it's not my responsibility. Right, right. right. But J Andrew was, it was always something that he did. Philip knew right away, hey, let's go tell Andrew, right? Andrew's the one that's going to do it. Um, but there are many people in our sphere of influence who are wanting a chance to talk with Jesus. We first and foremost, we have to recognize that um, it's not good for us to only be around people that are like minded. OK, we need to have other people in our lives that are not like minded, that are hurting and that are we're, uh, operating in the world system that do not have God's economy in their mindset. Um, those people we do need to have relationships with. We need to talk with them. It's not maybe our main core of people, but we need to have fellowship with them in a way that gives us opportunities to what, like with these guys, to bring them to Jesus. We want to bring people to Jesus because he's the author and finisher of everybody's life. He's the, the answers to all of their questions, to all of their heartache, to all of their pain. And so that's kind of what's going on here. Um, there was a recent poll that asked people a question. The question was, if there's one person in history, who would you like to meet? Who would it be? And so there's all kinds of answers, you know, Genghis Khan and all these, but a, a lot of people said Jesus. And um, one of those persons that said Jesus, they went on and they, they said, I would like to meet Jesus, but I would like to meet him to see if he was really real, if he was who he said he was. And um, the funny thing is, is that's being said today, but I think that's kind of where if we start, once we read this text a little bit more, that's what the Greeks are getting at as well, because at the, towards the end of our text here, it's going to say, they're going to say, wait, 
if you're the Messiah, then you you should not be dying. But that doesn't make any sense. Are you the Messiah or who is the Messiah? They're actually asking this question. He's like, I'm right here. Right. But they're not seeing it. And I think the same thing with people is they're wanting they they want to believe in Jesus. You know, Gandhi was like, hey, I believe in Jesus's teaching, but I can't be a Christian because of, because of their followers. Oof. Right. Um, they want to believe in Jesus, but they just they it's so hard because they don't know if it's real. There's so many things to make them doubt or worry or fear or not really give into it. So I think that's the same thing today. But the, when you finally meet Jesus like we have and you find and you have an intimate relationship with him where he knows your name and he knows, you know, we talked about a show a while back where he has his own name for you. Right. Because you know, it's like he he talks to you in your language. He he responds to you the way that you understand. Um, he ministers to you like no one else can. Your wife, your husband can't minister to the same way that Jesus can minister to you, your friends. It just he meets you at a different level. And and so once you experience him or have met him personally like that, there's no doubt in your mind. And so those people that have been in that relationship with Jesus, they can't stop what talking and bringing like Andrew, bringing people. And so, you know, that's, you know, I, I think the, the, the challenge or the encouragement to our listeners today is to know Jesus that way so that it becomes just a part of your everyday life. And that's a greatest investment you can make. I don't know. Thoughts? Uh, it just reminds me again about the the Samaritan woman. It's like once she met Jesus, she couldn't help but tell her. And and these and she's going and telling the people that have like ostracized her. Like she's a kid. She's an outcast. But she meets Jesus. And she doesn't care. She's got to tell them. Yeah. Just that's so good. I, that's the proper response. <laughs> so good. All right. These Gentile visitors either did not know of the danger surrounding Jesus or they just didn't care. We have to commend them for wanting to see Jesus. The yeah, Jew they were persistent. Yeah. Yeah. The Jews would say, we want to see a sign. But these men said, we want to see Jesus. Mm. The funny thing there is there's no record that Jesus did talk to, with these men. But the message that he gave in response contains truth that all of us need today. Yeah, I mean, that <clears throat> I, I, wanted, I didn't want to assume. So as I was reading the text, or as we were reading the text, we're like, wait. Did he actually talk to these guys? I don't know. We don't know. I'm just assuming that because John's putting him in there, right. I'm, ass I'm assuming that he did. Um, but we know one way for another that Jesus wants to talk to anyone that we bring to him. And, um, you know, I, I love that whole Remember when Peter looked at the person and says, alms for the poor. And he says, money, I do not have yes. but rise and walk in the news of life. And I can give you Jesus, whatever. I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. I, he wants us to be bold for him. He wants us to say, Hey, I, I, I might not be able to answer to you, but let's, let's go to God in prayer. Let's, let's ask Jesus. Let's, let's read his word together. Let's uncover um, these truths so that we can have answers for you and have that with boldness and know um, Andrew knew without a shadow of a doubt that, that these Greeks are going to know Jesus personally and that Jesus would want to talk with him. So I don't, that's my thought on that. Okay. All right. The central theme of this message is the glory of God. Uh, verses 23 yeah. and 28. Yeah. We would have expected Jesus to say the hour is come that the son of man should be crucified. But Jesus saw beyond the cross to the glory that would follow. In fact, the glory of God is an important theme in the remaining chapters of John's gospel. Yeah, I mean, in verse 24, Jesus used the image of a seed to illustrate the great spiritual truth that there can be no glory without suffering. 
no fruitful life without death and no victory without surrender. You know, I, I believe that when we put our trust in God and we surrender our lives to him to lead our life, um, he in return gives us his seed. So we become children of God. We become the Bible says we become transformed by the renewing of our mind. Second Corinthians five seventeen says that we are a new creation in Christ, old things. So we be, get we're given something different, right? So um, the Holy Spirit indwells within us. Where we've become changed. So He gives us this seed, and I think this is kind of what He's saying when He's start using a you know a harvest a, a wheat kind of illustration. But our life investments that did not reflect God's perfect will before we surrendered, those will have to be undone and new practices learned. So when Jesus is saying you must lose your life to gain it, this is kind of what he's talking about. There's, you're going to have to stop your ways of doing things according to the world. You're now going to have to do things according to the spirit, what God is leading. But you're also going to have to unlearn all of those bad habits that you've been through. And so this is what he's getting into. Okay. So what we've titled this, the investment of the greatest investment of your life. So the investment is this, when, when we, you know, any investment we, we make to, there's a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears, right? So if you're going to invest in something, there's a lot of effort into that, right? We can all comprehend that. Okay. So this is the same thing with, with God, okay? When we surrender to God, we're investing in him with our portfolio. And what we're telling Jesus by our surrender to him is that we trust you with our portfolio. We trust you to lead us, to guide us, to, to put us in a position so that there's the greatest reward, right? But in order to get into that position, we're going to have to make some sacrifices, and, and those sacrifices is, okay, let's talk money. And those sacrifices from a money perspective is we have to save, we have to spend better, we can't go out all the time, we might have to put away, we, whatever it is, we understand that concept. In God's kingdom, in God's terms, we have to learn how to walk holy. We have to learn how to be patient, long-suffering. We have to learn how to be kind, <laughs> We have to learn how to love people. And, and that's an investment. And, and what we are telling God when we choose that lifestyle is that, and we trust him with our portfolio, is that we're saying to God, do in us whatever is necessary so that I can be most fruitful for your glory. And that's what God is talking about here. He's talking about the glory of God. He's talking about the sacrifice. And in Jesus' term, he's saying, I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to sacrifice everything. But there's so much more glory on the other side of it. There's so much more fruit on the other side of it that all now can come into relationship with him. All can be saved. All can have this fruit. But without that sacrifice, there is no reward. And this, the same thing goes with us in the investment of our life. We have to some way, somehow in our mind, choose to say all in, you know, like a poker player, right? All in. You have to say, I surrender all. And when we do that, we now are entrusting God to have his way with us. But with that, as he's saying in this text, there's going to come a sanctification process. 
And that sanctification process is hard and it's, and it's sometimes it's not fun, but the fruit of it at the end makes so much more sense. And I'm telling you, your life is more rewarding. Your life is more complete. Um, there's more joy. There's more, uh, you know, like we talked about before, you don't have the highs and lows, like winning the Super Bowl. You're always winning the Super Bowl. You're always winning the, t- the prize because every day is like that with Jesus. I don't know, thoughts? It just, <coughs> it reminds me of the story. So last week I was at a convention and uh, a real estate convention, but we had a group uh, called uh, Faith and Real Estate Meet. And one of the guys there shared uh, this little story that I think kind of, I just couldn't help but think about it as you were just talking about, you know, following and trusting him. So here, here's the story. He's like, you know, the greatest hell a, a believer could ever feel or, or witness would be like going to heaven and having God show you what his perfect plan for your life was next, next to the choices that you made in your life. Huh. And I'm like, man, I never That's really good. thought about it that way, but it was just a really, really clear picture. Yeah. Like, wow, God has a perfect plan for us. Yep. And, you know, how often do we, you know, stray from that perfect plan? During the sanctification process, many times we wonder, right? When you're going through it, it's not fun. But we have to know that if you're going through it, it's because God loves you so much. It's because, so do we trust him? Yeah, it's because, if you're going through it, it's because he is engaged in your life. And it's, and it's more a positive, not a negative. If you're not going through it, that means he's nowhere to be found. But because you're going through it, just worship him. He's, he's, he never said that he's going to leave you in it. He's going to get you through it, but you have to just worship him and trust that he is helping you unlearn those habits that were hurting you even greater. He's all he's going to do is just just complete a, a, a right spirit within you. It's going to make you whole. It's going to make you more profitable. It's going to make you more fruitful, more better. So, so good. More better. I love yeah. that. Yeah. A seed is weak and useless, but when it is planted, it dies and becomes fruitful. Well, I, again, I love that Jesus, he knows these people well, right? Yeah. He knows the pictures to draw. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't, I don't know, today's society, maybe he makes an, an analogy about uh, social media or yeah, something, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. something that everybody knows. But this gardening and growing is yeah. something that everybody in the oh, society yeah. understands. So oh, I yeah. just love that he draws these amazing pictures. God's children are like seeds. They are small and in- insignificant, but they have life in them. God's life. Yeah. However, that life can never be fulfilled unless we yield ourselves to God and permit him to plant us. But just what a great picture that is. Yeah. Well, verse 25, again, it's referencing, we must die to self so that we may live unto God. I just, let me read Romans six, the first little part of it real quick, and then kind of gives us a little perspective. So Romans six is titled dead to sin, alive to God. So it says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin? The grace may abound. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection like his. 
we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But for the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life <clears throat> and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. So back to what Jesus is talking about here is we must die to self so that we may live unto God. If we don't choose to invest in God, if we don't choose to let him have his way with every decision, with everything that we do in our life, we don't see it, the world from his perspective. You know, the breastplate of righteousness, Ephesians 6, it's talking about the righteousness is a, being settled in our heart with God's truth right? Being settled. So if we are not settled with God's truth as being the ultimate truth, then we're going to wrestle with him. But if we can be settled and invest and let him deal with our portfolio and trust him with every aspect, then we can have life. So Paul was reminding us here, why are you still sinning? Why are you still living like you haven't invested? Why are you trying to get both things? It doesn't make any sense. And Jesus is saying, if you're doing that, then you cannot produce fruit. You cannot die to yourself because yourself is still ruling, is what he's saying. All right. Powerful. Yeah. All right. Verse 26 says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Jesus is challenging us to be planted in him with the surrendering of our lives to go where he goes. If we do this, he says, my father will honor you. What a promise. Yeah, I mean, that's just powerful. I mean, Warren Wearsby told a story about Christians who visited a remote mission station to see how the ministry was going. Um, they watched a dedicated missionary team work and they were impressed by the with their ministry. And they're like, wow, this is a well-oiled machine, you know? But they said to themselves, where's the civilization where, you know, they're not they're not able to you know, be with other people. Um, they, and then one of them said to the one of the missionaries, they said, man, you've really buried yourself out here. And the missionary looked at the visitor and he, <laughs> and he thought to himself and he goes, well, what I see is that we were planted and now we're serving God as he leads. And so he kind of put them in perspective. Wow. Right. And, and I think for us, if we allow God to plant us as we grow where he plants us, God will honor you. If we invest in our own ways, that same blessing does not apply. And so that's, that's, I, I look at the honor part when Jesus said that at the end and that spoke to me because the Bible says, if God is for you, nothing can be against you. And I don't want God against me. And if I'm separating myself from God and doing it my way, and I'm investing in my own self, I am now separated from the honor of God. And, and, you know, the Bible says, you know, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my father in heaven. I don't want to deny God. 
And so that's the, that's the proclamation that I made. I pray that people that are listening to this, they have that same mentality and they're encouraged by what we're saying, but it's a big deal to live one foot in the world and one foot for God. And revelations three says that he wants to vomit you out of his mouth. And so you were going to go there. It's, we don't want that. We don't want that. And so we're, we're reading this and we're encouraging you that let God plant you where you're at. Stop fighting him where you're at thrive in your moment today. You know, if God calls you on the mission field, go, if God calls you to be the best worker at work, be the best worker for his glory, love people, see people his way, do whatever you can to bring him glory. Just thrive where he plants you. That's what we say. All right. All right. Let's continue reading, starting in verse 27 and we'll go through 36. And I forgot to mention, this is the ESV version. Okay. Now is my soul troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it was thundered, that it had thundered. Others (laughs) said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered, said this, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of the world be cast out. (laughs) And I when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Hmm. He said this to show what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the son of man (laughs) must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? It's confusion. (laughs) So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, Hmm. lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Wow, man. I mean, that's just powerful stuff. I mean, it's just such an encouragement to those that are walking in the light, but it's not encouragement if you're not walking in the light. So um, I don't know. You want to read seven? Yeah, let's do that. Jesus knew that he was facing suffering and death and his humanity responded to this ordeal, no doubt. Verse 27 says his soul was troubled. I mean, wouldn't yours? Hmm. Not because he was questioning the Father's will, but because he was fully conscious of what the cross was going to Mm. involve. Mm. Note, after Jesus said his soul is troubled, he did not say, what shall I do? But he said, what shall I say? Wow, what a difference. In the hour of suffering and surrendering, there are only really two prayers that we can pray. It's either, Father, save me, or Father, glorify your name. Jesus chose, Father, glorify your name in verse 28. So God does not expect us to be comfortable, but he does expect us to be conformable. And so it's, it's something that we have to understand. If we are going to be molded and shaped into the image of Christ, if we are going to be um, operating at the highest level in God's economy, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to go through that are not going to be pleasant. But if we surrender that, there is always a rainbow on the other side of the storm. There is always hope at the end of the tunnel. There is always peace and joy. And I, you know, I, anybody that's listening to this, and I can say this for my own life, I know you can say this for your own life, the greatest struggles that I've been through I look back on them 
and I would never change them for the world. I am beyond grateful of what the transformation that God did in my life. It wasn't my, my doing. There was no way that I could have fixed myself, but God's spirit moved in such a radical way that even though it was hard and it was suck going through it at the end of it, I'm very grateful. And I know that there's still more to come. I know that there's still things in my life that I have to unlearn so that I can walk holy, righteous, and blameless before my God. And that's the ultimate goal. We want to be like Jesus. And if that's not in your heart, then, then you're going to fight God all your, all your life. You're not, you're going to plateau. You're not going to have intimacy with him. You're not going to, you're not going to be relevant in the kingdom of God. And, and God can't honor you for that. But if your heart is crying out and say, no, I want to be molded and shaped like Jesus, Lord, I, I don't want to say this, but Lord, whatever it takes to get me into the position that I need to so that you are best represented in my life, so be it. You have access to it. And, and that's a hard statement to say. But if we trust God, if we invest in him with our portfolio, we can say that with confidence because he wants nothing but the best for us. So any you know, thoughts? Good. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's the same. I mean, back up to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. It's like you have to die to self to be able to grow and become yeah. all that you were created to be. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> what happens when Jesus says, Father, glorify your name? Mm. He gets an audible response That's from hilarious. God, right? Yeah. From the Father. Yeah. Uh, the son's past life and ministry had glorified the Father, and the son's future suffering and death would also glorify the Father. It is significant that the father spoke to the son at the beginning of the son's ministry. Yeah. See Matthew 3, 17. Yeah. As the son began his ministry. This is my son. He will well love. Yeah, right. it's yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. And now as the son enters his last days before the cross, he hears the voice again or an audible voice again. Yeah, it made me think of the show. I, I told you this in the prep, I, the the Polar Express. There was a Tom Hanks was, you know, it was a cartoon, but Tom Hanks was and they had a little bell. And this one kid couldn't believe that little bell, right? Until he believed because all the other ones, they can hear the bell, but he couldn't hear it. And finally he believed in Santa Claus, I guess that was the thing. And then he was able to hear the bell. And, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing with us. If, if we are not surrendered to God in a, in a way that are, he's able to communicate to us where we can hear him, then we're not going to hear him. And so these guys, you might hear a voice, you might see the circumstance, you might see the everything that's around you, the rumbling around you, but you're not hearing God because you're not his, you're not surrendered. You're not, you're not in position to listen. And so, but I know that God will always give a word of insurance to those who are willing to suffer for his sake. And it just makes me think of Stephen, you know, in Acts seven, as he's yep. sitting there being stoned, Jesus was standing, it says in heaven, he was looking. And I don't know if Stephen even felt the pain. And, and it was that insurance. And when we're in the midst of it, and we're in the thick of it, and it's bad, God shows up. And, and I got so many stories. We can do a whole show just on this. There's God shows up and he brings that peace that surpasses our understanding. And God will get you through it. Just don't waver. Stay close to him. And, and he'll get you through it. All right. Good. Notice the people heard the sound, but did not know the message that yeah. had been conveyed. Yet if the voice was for their sakes and they could not understand it, what good was it? Yeah. In the voice, uh, in that the voice assured Jesus who was to die for their sakes. The voice was indeed for their good. Yeah. 
They heard him pray and they heard a sound from heaven in response to that prayer. Yeah, I just thought, I mean, this, I, I'm conv- I would be convinced if I heard rumblings and I could tell that it was something being said. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. But I mean, you can actually translate this verse, John 12, 30, that the voice came more for your sake than for mine. So Jesus was like, I already have a relationship with Jesus. I'm, yeah. I'm God. I'm already, That's I'm, right. we're already connected really close. You're the father. Yeah, we're one. You're not. So <laughs> he's saying this not for my benefit. He's saying this so you would wake up. Yeah. What I'm telling you is true. And he's just testifying to what I'm saying is true. So remember, we we learned this, that, you know, the father testified of the son. Well, here he is again, testifying of the son. The, the father will testify of you if you're his child. God will show up in the moment of despair, in the moment of time, and he will say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not touching my child. My child is mine, and nobody else has access to him. God will show up and protect you. Very good. In verses 31 to 33, Jesus then openly spoke about the cross. It was an hour of judgment for the world and for Satan, the prince of this world. The death of Jesus would seem like a victory for the wicked world, uh, 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 but it would really be a judgment of the world. Yeah, I, I, on the cross, Jesus would defeat Satan and his world system, Galatians 6.14. Even though he is permitted to go to and fro on the earth, Satan is a defeated enemy. We have to understand that Satan has no authority over your life. If Satan is attacking you, if there's evil coming against you, in the name of Jesus, Satan has to flee. He has no power. But one day, Satan shall be cast out in heaven. I love that God, Jesus brought this up. I mean, he's telling the people, hey, there's an advocate now that I'm going to defeat. So he's maybe the prince of the world now, and he has authority over this, but I'm going to defeat him, and he's not going to have any teeth any longer. I'm taking that away, and that's what he's telling these Greeks right here. Um, but, you know, in Revelations 12.10, it says that Satan's going to be cast out of heaven, and then in Revelations 20.10, it says he, he is judged in a prison. Let me just Cast into the, yeah. the lake of fire, right? Let me just read these verses real quick. So Galatians 6.14 says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So he's basically saying in Revelations, we we didn't talk about, we should do Revelations one time. But in Revelations, it talks about the economy of the world, which is Babylon, okay? Babylon, once it was set, set up a world economy. It set up how the world is operating apart from God. Okay. There's God's economy, which is Israel. Israel rebelled. Israel was captive to Babylon. They were converted into Babylon's economy. That economy has been going since. It's evil. It's ran by the world system. Jesus comes and he took back that world economy and he brought back his economy and that's through Jesus. And so now we live by a different perspective. We live by a different way of seeing life. We don't, we don't operate the way the world operates. We only operate a way that God sees things. We see people that way. We see the, the, the things that are happening. We see television. We see every circumstance from a different lens. And so it's because God is the author and finisher. God is on the throne. And so that's what Jesus is talking about here when he's saying Satan is going to be defeated. He do, his economy is no longer relevant. It's a dying economy. It's going to fade away. One day, it's no longer going to exist. I'm actually going to put him in a lake of fire forever and ever, Revelations 20, 10. So that's what he's telling them. He's telling the people, for us that's listening to this, that's an encouragement. You know, that's like, hey, this is exciting. 
we're now blood bought and forgiven by Jesus because he rose resurrected from this. We now have given that new economy. We now live with him as our portfolio manager. He's the one that's dealing with everything. We no longer have to trust man. We no longer have to trust the world economy. We no longer have to trust in ourselves to figure out how to fix things. We now have somebody else doing it for us. And he is perfect and he is good and he is faithful and we can trust him with every aspect of our life. That's what Jesus is saying when he's bringing up Satan here. And that's so good. I can just imagine seeing Satan and the demons just celebrating with Jesus is dying oh, on the cross. I have no right? idea. But Sunday, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but right. Sunday. All right. Where are we at? Statement. Uh, 11. You kind of covered 11 a little bit. Well, let me read that. In verse 32, we see the phrase Jesus used lifted up. This basic, this basic meaning of that phrase in the original language is crucifixion, but it also carries the idea of glorification. In Isaiah 52, 13, it says, Behold, my, ser- my servant will prosper. He will be made high and lifted up and greatly exalted. The Son of Man was glorified by being crucified. The thing about that. The son of man was glorified by being crucified. I mean, it's just, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, our, our human minds can't comprehend that. No. Right? So, I mean, the, the greatest investment we can make for our life is to die to the flesh and crucify it so that then we can be lifted up to glorify the father. So we, every day we have to crucify our flesh. A living sacrifice. Every day we got to do it. Every day I am tempted to do things that are not the very best thing to do. Sometimes I fall into the trap and sometimes I give in to eating more chocolate than I should. (laughs) But every day I have to crucify the flesh and say, in the name of Jesus, I need your help. I am weak, God. I am weak right now. I cannot do this without you intervening. And then change our ways or change what we're doing in that moment and bring him glory. That's, That's the way we crucify the flesh. That's the way that we change what's happening. But if we don't say those words, if we don't cry out to the father, then we're given into the flesh. I could do this. I don't need God's help. Right. Whatever. You're going to fall short. You're making yourself God. The next part of that verse uses the phrase, all men are all people. This is not suggesting a universal salvation. It means all people without distinction. That is Jews and Gentiles. He does not force them. He draws them unto himself. He was lifted up so that the people might find the way and know the truth and receive the light. Yeah, I mean, that's it. He he basically says, what I am doing for you right now is helping show you the way to life. I'm helping you know the truth of life, and I'm helping you receive the fullness of life. And, and I am the only one that can give you all of that. The world system cannot give you that. No. You're going to reach the pinnacle of the Super Bowl one day, and it's going to be all over again. The world system will never give you a life that has full meaning and purpose. The cross reminds us that God loves the whole world and that the task of the church is to take the gospel to the whole world so that they can be given a choice to invest their life in Jesus. And, And what we have is perfect. And what the world has is broken. And we want the world to have the perfect way, the perfect life, and the perfect truth. And so that's why we bring them to Jesus. Yep. And as usual, the people didn't understand what Jesus was nope. trying to teach them. Nope. They knew the Son of Man was a title for the Messiah, but they could not understand why the Messiah would be crucified. No, I get that. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense yeah. humanly, right? 
so they asked Jesus, who is the son of man you are talking about? They understood Psalm 72, 17 and Psalm 89, 36, Psalm 110, uh, yeah. verse four Isaiah. and Isaiah 9, yeah. 7. They all talk about the Messiah living forever. So in their minds, if he was the son of man, he could not be crucified. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, the mystery uh, I remember what Paul brought, I, I think it was in first in first Timothy 316, Paul said, great indeed, we confess is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, Jesus vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels proclaimed among the nations believed on in the world taken up in glory. So basically, Paul said the mystery here is it was hard to comprehend that what he did was fulfill all the promises that he gave the Israelites in the Old Testament and, and that he was the from the very beginning, he was the answer to everything that they've been searching for. And so he's telling them, listen, if I don't, you sinned in the Garden of Eden, you messed it all up for everybody, man. So now I need to live this perfect life so that I can redeem you from that unholy act and because I am redeeming you, there's life in the blood. I have to sacrifice myself. I have to spill blood so that you too can have life. But the only way that you're going to have life is if I rise from the dead, because I have to die and I have to be buried, but then I have to live. And once he lives, he then says that now... So instead of sacrificing a lamb in order to be forgiven of your sins, you now sacrifice your life and surrender to me and believe upon me. And now your sins will be forgiven. And now you can live in the freedom because I will then now uh, lead your life the way that I led Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I took care of everything for them. I provided for them. I, I, I shared all that. I had communion with them. I now will have that same communion with you here in uh, when G when we believe in Jesus, as we did then. All right. Good stuff. Okay, finally, in verse 35, Jesus brings up the light is shining, and they had better take advantage of this opportunity now yeah. and be saved. We met this image of light and darkness before in John uh, chapter 1, uh, John chapter three, and again in John chapter eight, verse twelve, by by the simple step by a simple step of faith, these people could have moved out of spiritual darkness, Pete, and into the light of salvation. All they had to do is say, "I believe," just like the the thief on the cross. He he says, "You know, uh, remember me uh, today, Lord," and he says, "Yeah, today you are going to be with me in paradise." Yeah. It's he was just looking for their heart to say, "You know what? I believe." And, and the same thing is going on with us. The, this marked the end of Jesus' public ministry. And as far as John recorded is concerned, it was now time for judgment on the nation that saw his miracles. They heard his messages and they scrutinized his ministry. And yet they still refused to believe him. There's many that are living for, for Christ today and are living accordingly and going to church or doing all this stuff, but they're not living by the power of God. They're not living by the fullness of God. They're they're one foot in the world and they're one foot out. There's a lot of people that are that are that are trying to find meaning in their life, and maybe they're at that point where they're saying, "Yes, you know what, God, I believe, I believe, I believe." Right? That's all Jesus is saying. Just believe in Him. Believe. Invest your your portfolio into Him. Invest your life into Him. Trust Him with your life. Um, and if you do that then he says that I will take ownership. I will provide, I will guide, I will protect. I will bring salvation to your life. I will bring you hope. I will bring you purpose and everything. Um, 
you know, in closing, I, I, I heard this statement by Adrian Rogers. He said, he came the first time to die. He is coming again to raise the dead. When he came the first time, they questioned whether he was king. The next time the world will know that he is king of kings and Lord of lords. The first time he wore a crown of thorns. The next time he will be wearing a crown of glory. The first time he came in poverty. The next time he will be coming in power. The first time he had an escort of angels, the next time he will come with ten thousands of his saints. The first time he came in meekness, the next time he's coming in majesty. Mm. And so we have to understand that what Jesus did here is greater than anything we can possibly think or imagine. And he did it for us. And he did it because he loves us. And he did it because he wants us to have a relationship with him and fellowship. And if you're listening to this and, and you're, you want to rededicate your life or repent or just walk full, holy with him, just cry out and say, God, forgive me for my stupidity. If we don't know him, we can just say, God, I ask that you would come into my life. I believe upon you. I believe that you died and rose again on the third day. I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you are who you say you are. And I choose today to invest my portfolio over to you. I choose to give you my life. I choose to surrender everything and then ask him to help you. Then cry out, say, God, help me. Give me strength. Give me that wisdom. Give me that knowledge and um, direction of what I need to do to walk faithfully and humbly with you. And if you've done that, I, the Bible is very clear that he all the angels in heaven rejoice every time that we repent or every time that we turn from walking in the world system and walk according to God's economy, the, the, the Satan loses another person and yeah. God gains another one. And so every time that happens, the, the angels in heaven celebrate and rejoice. Hell and lost so, another one. That's it. So we would love to hear from you, Bob. How can they get a hold of and us? And there's so many ways. But uh, the first thing you can do is go to our website, riotpodcast.co.co. Tons of resources there. Just uh, click through the tabs that uh, that make sense, and it, it, you can walk your way through there. But man, that's a great way to reach out to us. Um, those of you that are listening to us on uh, you know your podcast, whether it doesn't Android, Apple, it doesn't matter where you're getting it. Stitcher, some of these things I've never even heard of before. <laughs> but re regardless, make sure you subscribe and and like and do us a favor and share it. Not for us, but uh, there's people out here that that need to hear this message. Yeah. You know there are. You you have friends and and. And family that uh, man would just enjoy listening to a couple crazy guys talking. Mm. Uh, but the, the key is we're talking about Jesus and we're, and we're trying to read the word and share the word with you. And uh, man, it's just powerful. But uh, we would ask you to do that. And for those of you that watch us on YouTube, thank you. And uh, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell so that uh, you get notified every time we have a new podcast get released every Thursday morning. And uh, that way you'll be notified of that. And again, comment in there, share. We always ask you, let us know where you're listening to us from. Yeah. So you can always do that. If you have ideas or, you know, uh, just show topics you'd like to hear or questions about something we said in the show, that's where you put it. Just put it in the comments and man, we'll, we'd love to respond and, and uh, answer you in that way. So uh, another amazing show, Pete. Thanks. I love diving into the book mm. of John. It's, this mm. has been an amazing journey and we're mm. not done yet. We mm. got like 10 chapters to go, <laughs> right? So it's going to be incredible, but uh, guys, just have an amazing week of worship. Thank you for listening. Share it with somebody. God bless you guys. This has been the Riot Podcast. 
If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.